Smorgasbord. Welcome to episode three of Smorgasbord. I'm your host, Malcolm Powder, and I am very excited about this episode, my friends. One, because I think it's got some of the very best smorgasbord action that we've had on this show so far. And two, because I'll be making an amazing announcement later on in the show. So you definitely want to stay tuned for that because you won't want to miss it. That's right, guys. I'm dropping hot bombs up in this place. (laughs) Sorry, I will never do that again. On this episode, I will be talking to Greg and Joe from the All Seeing Guys podcast. I had a ridiculous amount of fun chatting to those guys. Make sure you stay tuned for that because you will not want to miss it. All I'll say is that it's a bit of a departure from our normal Smorgasbord episode. I'll be talking to those guys later on though. First up are Mike French and Carl Brown. These guys are the writer and artist behind An Android Awakes, a hybrid novel slash graphic novel. But Malcolm, what exactly is a hybrid novel slash graphic novel? I'm glad you asked. An Android Awakes is essentially a collection of short stories, but with comic book-like illustrations peppered throughout. It's unlike anything that I've ever read before, which is one of the coolest things about it. The guy sent me a copy of it to read for myself, and the whole time I was reading it, I was really struck by how fresh it felt. Doing something new in the world of books and comics is really worthy of praise, in my opinion, so this book deserves some attention. And as well as being a unique experience to read, it also has a cool feel because it's kind of a mixture between sci-fi and noir, so it's well worth checking out. I had a chat with Mike and Carl, and they told me about their experiences creating and promoting this cool sci-fi slash noir novel slash graphic novel slash. I hope you enjoy it. So... Gentlemen, welcome to the Smorgasbord. How you doing? Hiya. As I mentioned earlier, one of my favorite things about the book is uh, its uniqueness and how it's different to anything else. Um, what was it, so I think because the idea was yours, Mike, what was it that made you want to make a hybrid novel slash graphic novel as opposed to just doing a comic or just releasing these as short stories on their own? Just the way my brain's wired, I think. So I'm very visual. So a lot of my writing's visual in its style anyway. And it's just... Uh, I just, I just like thinking outside the bubble and trying different projects and doing things that excite me and doing that kind of, you know, so meshing my love of comics and art and writing into one package was a no-brainer, really. It, you know, I just didn't think I'd ever get to do it, but getting to do it was, like, brilliant. And I love doing stuff that um, perhaps isn't obviously commercially viable um, for much, so a lot of the main publishers wouldn't touch anything like that. Sure. So they would like <clears throat> their responses would be, "Well, we don't really do art books and sure, all that yeah. kind of stuff." And you think, "Well, why don't you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, and and, and the market tends to uh, be what's fed to it. So if you feed a market something, that's the appetite they get. Mm. And then even though that market probably would be open to different types of stuff, so every all the people that are pushing product to that market, like, oh no, they wouldn't want that, or we couldn't. And it's like it's just rubbish. It's like you know people aren't idiots. So getting a chance to have a small publisher that willing to take more risk and saying, yeah, okay, we've never done anything remotely like this before, but okay, yeah, we'll give it a go. Um, so having the the green light, finding the artist. Putting something like that together was just like a dream project, really. And I just, you know, just, it was just really exciting. It was absolutely exhausting, but it was just really exciting to get it out there. And having that confidence that we think this is good, um, the people we've been working think it's good, people in the main market would say, well, this is a waste of time. Um, but having the conviction to, well, we're going to do it anyway because this is what we love doing and we're going to put it out there. And then 
wait for that delay that when it then goes to market and then you have to wait a little bit before you get the feedback then start getting the feedback of oh, this is really good and this is really unusual Why don't they put this in the shops yeah. we don't know <laughs> it's like oh thank god <laughs> part and parcel of what you're talking about there and like because there was that moment of realization that we couldn't make it the way we wanted to i firstly thought it would be brilliant if a person who maybe wasn't interested in anything involved with science fiction could read a chapter of the book and go, oh, I really wonder what they'd look like. And there'd be five pages, a bit like what you have, um, it's, in, it's in that book of comic I've got now, but it's they have it in the end where you get pin-up art. It's, it'd be nice as well, I think, maybe the, again, later on in the future, do something else, but have the book and then go, oh, I really wonder what they'd look like, and then have the artwork to go, oh, okay, and um, I wanted to read the next part of it, you know, and that was the original plan of Android, and it didn't really work out that well. Um, but the way it is now, I think it even works even better, because it just, it's, it's, smacking you in the face with a bit of black and white artwork when you're going through it, you know? Which is the same stuff that you and me sort of realise we love in classical sort of 2000 AD. Um, but I think, like, one of the things that, <clears throat> more so for me as an artist, like, I, I got the gratification once it was printed. You I mean, once the postman came in and was like, here you go, and I was like, holy crap, I've made a bloody book! But I think for you, it's been... I was in France when you got that, you wasn't were, I? <laughs> we were texting each other. I was, si I was sitting on a bench overlooking the sea, getting all these texts, saying, this is it, you were taking pictures of it and showed it to me. This is our baby. Because you couldn't get one out there, you know? But, um, but I think for me, it was, I sort of got gratification from people I know. But I think even more so for you as a writer, you had to sort of wait longer to get that sort of, um, you know, you've, 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 it's, it's good. To see it realised, you mean? Even, not even to see it realised, but to get critical feedback. I mean, there's loads of parts to this, like there was the making of the book, there's, there's physically getting that out there. But one of the things I think that was really good for you, and I think I could see you getting excited about it, was getting critical review of your writing. Because that was always the main thing. I think that's the thing as well. Like, there's this benchmark thing that the market is of, well, you know, if it's good writing, we'll we'll have to talk about it, or if it's bad writing, we'll have to talk about it. But you have to talk about it, you know. But it is. It's good to see that you got really, really good feedback on your actual writing that went into it, you know. Because there was a massive gap from you finishing the writing, and, yes, and then yes, getting the book, yeah, yeah. you know. But it was years between you writing it and it being finished. Yeah, of course. Yeah, some of those things are written years and years ago. Mm -hmm. um, most of it was written on block. But then it, it took, I don't know, it took a year or so to get make most of it down. Then connect up with Carl, then another nearly two years after that. Um, so yeah, 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 absolutely. Wow. It's, it's a, it's, in, in this day in life, it's one of those weird, because most people are, everything's instant now, isn't it? But writing and you know, illustrating is one of those old school things. You really can't, I mean, you can cheat, but you can tell. You really just got to give it the time. I mean, so, one of the people that we met actually at one of the comic cons in November was like, "Oh, well, what, 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 um, what program did you use?" And I went, "I didn't." I loved that about you. I loved it that Carl did. Yeah. He's totally old school. Everything was pen yeah. and ink. I, I, I loved that rather than here it is on the computer screen. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that I rebel against it. It's just with my dyslexia and so I, cool. my lack of budget, I don't know how many times they invest in learning that. But it was amazing, like this guy. How many like, pens did you go through? You must have gone through like. We spent about two grand. Well, but maybe, hundreds of them. Yeah, <laughs> we spent about probably two two hundred quid's worth. I did at least on pens and stuff. But it was um, it was amazing. Like his, his reaction, he was like, "What do you mean you, you drew it?" And I was like, "I drew all of this. Like I've got the original pages sitting here." Yeah. And his amazement of going through it and going, "What the hell? How long yeah, did this yeah. take?" And I was like, nine hours, ten <laughs> hours a page, you know." Um, but that was really that 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 reaction to it. I think that sort of stuff that we were finding really interesting and inspiring, like looking at stuff like 2000 AD and even other stuff. And I've, I've continued obviously since Android, um, it's release and stuff, but it's that grassroots thing of, right, we can do it on our own budget, on our own time with no deadline, 
we've got a contract with a publisher, but we'll do it all ourselves. And even afterwards, like promoting it, going to comic cons, like getting the back of your car packed up. I mean, that's been almost like a band going on gigs, you know, and it's been really, really exciting. And people who do it, I think, don't appreciate it until they get there, but you can tell people at comic cons and stuff just love it, you know, the whole atmosphere and stuff. And that was eye-opening even to me because I'd never really en- engaged with anything like that before as a creative. But yeah, that was, that was the pinnacle moment where, because we had that goal set even before we finished the book of we've got to get this to, 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 to comic con, you know. Um, and one of the things that Mike's been quite good at is he has time to assess the marketplace, which I never even imagined or thought about. And I think it's through your other publications and other stuff you've got out there you've thought about. Um, well, you kind of have to. So, um, we haven't actually mentioned the publisher's name, have we? No. <laughs> so, so Elswin, Elswin Press. Elswin Press. Um, if, well, even if you're the major publisher, but even, but even to a great extent, if you're the small independent publisher, you're role as a author or illustrator whatever you input into the book is not finished when the book's published so they will do some publicity and stuff you have to recognize that a lot of that is going to have to be you even if you are with like Canongate or Penguin or something so you you have to get used to taking the creative hat off and going okay well how do I now approach this as a business this is a you know, although this is my love and joy, I have to think of it as a, like, this is a product, and somehow I have to get some awareness of this product. Mm-hmm. And with a very small publisher, the the book market is just you know there's hundred there's like two two to three hundred thousand ish books released just in the UK alone a year, yeah. something like that anyway. And so you go, there's this huge sea of stuff, and you're standing there going, oh well, this is quite good. Would you like to look at this? So you have to get quite good at, well, how do I make inroads? How do I get people to listen to me? Who are the right people to talk to? How do I talk to them? Um, um, but, it's just, but it just takes a lot of work, and it's exhausting. Um, it's worth it, but it is, it, it, it's probably just as hard as the writing itself, the, the two processes. You have, to, you have to hustle, as the Americans say. Absolutely. And you're, you're quite good at that. Well, my, my <coughs> face. Let's, not, let's not get into my hustling <laughs> skills at this stage. No, being a, I think being, being from about 14, being sort of in work, especially working in sales and stuff. Um, and I think one of the other things was if we had a, had a contract for this and sort of had a budget and stuff, I don't think it would be as good. And I think once we got it physically printed, I think one of the things that really hit home was the amount of time we put into it. So anytime we met, met somebody about it, it wouldn't be like, hey, do you want to have a look at this? It'd be, fantastic, how are you doing? Nice to meet you. We're such and such. And I think one of the things that really stuck in my mind, which was probably the main reason why we're in Waterstones, like realistically it probably may be, was um, we went to some of the local comic book stores, which are amazing. Uh, Chaos City Comic shout out, by the way, in St Albans. <laughs> Sorry. Just the first, cool. first plug, first plug, <laughs> but um, but they were amazing. The, the manager of there was so helpful, um, and Mike was quite hesitant about going to Waterstones. And I think obviously from your previous experience, you weren't too chuffed, which of course I was determined to rectify. So so this is Android awaits like the fourth novel, so I'm quite used to dealing with Waterstones, going doing signings and things. But the the culture at Waterstones over the last few years has kind of changed. Um, it depends on the local branch, but by and large, they tend to be now more keen about we want it to be an event and something really cool, get lots of people in, and less sort of welcoming to the smallish author that isn't going to make a big storm in their store. So uh, that the culture there has changed. So approaching them is a different kettle of fish mm-hmm. than it used it to was, be. It was done. But it was brilliant. I mean, so St Albans blew us away, didn't they? Yeah, so, so we sort of walked in, and I, Mike sort of sheepishly followed behind me, but I was like... 
the traveling salesman. I just walked <laughs> straight up to the car and it must have had like a delivery or coming in or something. And she was just chin to chin to wrist, just books everywhere and she's dropping them down and stuff. And I sort of put my hand forward and says, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Um, we're um, Mike French and the artist Card Brown. I don't even know why I said the artist Card Brown as if I was introducing myself that way. But she was so shocked at my, I don't think it, I don't even know what it was, but she was just so taken aback. And I says like this, I'd love to get this in your hands. And I even went back to the old school sort of phone days of gently placing it in front of her and stuff. And she held it and she's like, this is great. Um, we'll get this to like the regional manager you know, this afternoon. I think he's going to come in. And we were like, yeah, dead on, nothing will happen. And it, it was, you know, we ended up um, getting it in the store and stuff. And then we ended up going, that was that was the moment for me when I was like, mom, go down to Waterstones, it's probably on the shelf, you know, but it was, it was a real key moment. Um, and that was really exciting. I think that sort of set it in stone that from this that first drawing of like the really crap sort of il first illustration I gave you, to like seeing it on a shelf was just dream come true, you know. Like it really was. It was just nuts. But um, but no, Mike, my we sort of hit a, a hit a lull, and Mike sort of said like, what, what was what's the one thing that's driving you on? Like, what would you want to achieve? And it is a bit sentimental, but I always said that like the one thing I would love to experience. It's not sales. It's not thousands of pounds, but it's seeing somebody who was my age whenever I first read a comic pick it up the same way that I've produced and go. I'm buying this. Yeah. Your mum wears your purse. I'm buying this. You know, and that to me would be that to me would be something special because that that to me is a lot of why artists, writers, people who supported me and, and took an interest, um, do so is because they want the the pr they want the process and they want the medium to continue. They don't want it to die out, and I think that's one of the things that there's a lot of responsibility for young people, and there's loads now who do a lot of their own sort of small fanzines and they do their own artwork and stuff but it is that continual lineage it doesn't matter no it doesn't really matter what way it it goes if it's online if it's on an ipad or wherever it goes but it's it's the continuation of that legacy and i think that's why comic books are still around and i think that's probably why they'll still always be around you know um and it is just the magic of it you know it's the magic of words and pictures you know but it's um it's something that I want to create a career in, you know. With keeping it alive, isn't it? So I've got two teenage, well, I've got three teenage kids, but two two of them are now into comics, but they weren't before. I kind of thought this is my mission as a father; I must get my children into comics <laughs> because it's not easily accessible for kids these days. You know, sure. if you go into Smiths, even in the nineties, it was like everyone went into Belfast. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, like these, you can have three comics a month. This is Forbidden Planet stuff. We can do mail order, you get little parcels. So they're now into the Batman and um, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you're so much pressing for you to get Deadpool, and you were like, oh no, yeah, I don't I told, know. I told, uh, I told Joel, my youngest son, that he could have Deadpool when he was when he's when he was 13. You can then have Deadpool. So on his 13th birthday, he was really excited about his presents and stuff. But he was like, where's my Deadpool? Where's my Deadpool? <laughs> Gave him his first issue of Deadpool. He was oh, like, oh, he read it immediately. So yeah, but I think, but it is important. I think. The, the comic medium is something that needs to be needs to survive, and it will survive. But I, I don't know. But the, but apparently, you know, all the the major films and everything like that hasn't had a, the impact you would think it would have on the actual comics that are selling. That's and true. you know, that needs to continue because it's you know it's a you know it's a great medium to be subversive, to be you know just get away with lots of stuff that perhaps you couldn't get in books or stuff like that. But it's still a platform for this to say interesting stuff that people are interested in, so, yeah. The last thing I'd like to ask you is about is you're still promoting an Android Awakes. What are your plans for the future after that? I 
don't know really. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of at a point in my career where it's like on a balance of, oh, I'm not really sure where to go. Um, I think part of that is that I put so much into Android and then I've put so much into trying to get Android some traction and stuff that I'm just exhausted. <laughs> uh, I think, and um, probably the same, create, you know, being creative and being in that industry takes a massive amount of energy, partly just from the physical amount of stuff you're having to do, but partly because you're giving so much of yourself into it. Um, or you, if you're not, it's probably going to be crap. You know, <laughs> you, you have to. Um, and therefore, the whole process is just exhausting. Um, and I, so I think I'm just on that point now of thinking, okay, maybe I've got enough energy back. I can start a new thing. But uh, I'm, I'm not sure what that new thing would be. I mean, obviously, I'd like it to start you know, doing some comics and stuff. Um, but it's too early, so we'll see. Fair play, yeah. What about you, Carl? Um, just at the moment, I'm just pursuing, um, just learning to be a comic book artist. Um, I think that's one of the things that's weird, like to think about when people say to me, like five or six years, and they go, "Oh, how did you start in comics?" Well, produce something and then learn how to do it. You know, <laughs> yeah, sort of the defender front. But yeah, um, I'm just learning the craft of of, of comic books. Um, and trying to tune my drawing style a bit more. Um, but the the thing I'm working on at the moment is um, nonstop the thought bubble. Um, which is my own sort of creative own sort of sort of a living journal basically that I've put online and stuff. But it's basically my learning about the history of 2000 AD, history of comic books, um, and then also at the same time producing my own sort of work um, and learning how to do it properly. And I say properly, just the sort of professional standard. So um, sort of spending about at least three to four hours per day just investing in it you know and it is it is exhausting as you said it is tiring but um i just have to get working for 2019 you know <laughs> i'm so shameless i'm so shameless about it as well but like i don't know what it is i think one of the things that really helped me was the documentary that came out because i had been banging on to you about it since you started buying it again and i was like this documentary's coming in it looks amazing it's about the history and stuff and it was a really, I don't know if you've seen it, but it is a really amazing documentary about how something can go leaps and bounds and still remain the same. And it's the, the, the sort of creative people behind it. Like, Pat Mills is just insane. Like, his he, drive and stuff. He's amazing, that guy is. He's just, like, the perfect combination between, like, an English gentleman and a punk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's amazing. Like, it, it just, it freaks me out that he, um, it, it, I think it's that creative ambition and that, and frustration like banging your head against the wall and saying this has got to happen and that's where I, what I'm facing at the moment is there's something in me and like everybody who bought Android and it, it, it didn't annoy me it didn't really me off but it was a sort of thing where oh you should be working for 2008 you should be working for 2008 this looks like classic 2008 and even people like industry standard people who were like professional people that I followed were going look out for this guy and you know in the future and I was like well I've got to, I've got to do it now haven't yeah. I you know so it is that it is that drive to do it. Excellent. Thanks very much for being on this smorgasbord today, guys. Thanks for your time. Absolutely amazing. Thank you very much for having us. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And that, my friends, was Mike French and the artist Carl Brown. Head over to anandroidawakes.com if you want to learn more about the book. And now for my next guests, Greg and Joe from the All Seeing Guys podcast. Since I started the smorgasbord a couple of months back, I've tried to give it a broad appeal because I like the idea of everybody being able to listen to it. Not everyone will be able to listen to this next bit, however, particularly young children and people of a delicate disposition. Greg and Joe are great guys, but unfortunately they are gutter folk. They swear quite a lot and they sometimes talk about things that might make certain people a little bit squeamish. 
If you think this will bother you, then feel free to come back at the end of the show for my amazing announcement. But if not, stick around a cup and air full of this, because I had a great laugh with these guys. Enjoy. So, welcome to the Smorgasbord, lads. Thank you for Thank having you us. Nice. It's good to be here. I'm in the living room. This is where lots of magic has happened, isn't it? Yes, I've slept in here a few times. That's <laughs> I don't think that's what he was referring to. <laughs> yeah. that's, it's not sex, it is actually sleeping. <laughs> Some hand magic. <laughs> because you guys uh, are the dice rollers. Yeah. And yes. you are, the living room presents the dice, dice rollers. Dice rollers, yes. And this is... The, the place where you would come and you'd sing your raps. We've only this done is, it once in here, I think. It's been recorded, my Yeah, flat. we haven't recorded in a while, but this is, yeah, this is Living Room 2.0. Mark 2, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it used to be um, that we would record in Greg's flat. Ah, yeah. fair enough. Um, and then I moved in with the in-laws and fucked it all up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I moved out of my parents' eventually, like, for the first yeah, time. Yeah, we tag-teamed uh, it. Yeah, nice. It was like Funhouse. <laughs> like, when they're, like, get, like, when they come out of the Funhouse, it's like, you're in. It's like, all right, I'll go and be an adult then. <laughs> this living room is Iron Man Suit Mark II, basically. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, we do a lot of uh, recording in here. We've, uh, on occasion as well, done podcasts on here as well. Cool. Um, more than recording dice rollers, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, more times, yeah. So you, I mean, have you done much dice roller stuff recently, or is that kind of slightly a bit on the back burner because you're focusing on uh, the All Seeing Guys podcast? Yeah, no, it's um, it's taking a back burner, but like we um, played a gig Saturday. Yeah, we played a, <laughs> yeah, we played a gig on Saturday. Okay, um, <laughs> just one of those special back burners that's yeah. right beside you, yeah, yeah. in front. I mean, we've like we've always done like uh, mixtapes that we've recorded, but it's always taken us so long to actually do it, just because either we haven't got stuff ready or we haven't got the same days off and it's always kind of just like, you know, work gets in the Retail way. Retail life yeah. interferes with recording life massively. Because it's not like, it's so off. hard to always like try and get the same days off and like yeah. request them and stuff like that. Especially so. when you're both in retail management. So you have to work certain days, you can't get the same yeah. days off. So it'd be like trying to do the podcast, you were seeing guys and we're like, right, we try and keep up every two weeks we put out an episode. So it has to be like, well, when are our days off? And there's been times where I've been on a late shift Thursday. So I've come over here, recorded on Wednesday night, yeah, slept and then gone to work just yeah. so we can keep the timing up. I'm that's not complaining though. though. I no, like no, no. that. I'm not yeah, complaining. No, that's, a, yeah. that's really important. Um, I love just that. in all facets of life it's good to stay regular isn't it but yeah. I'd say I think we know I think we know uh, <laughs> Greg, is, Greg is very regular. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. <laughs> he's regular. I know, uh, I know Dice Roll is he probably the, is. Oh, if only it was I'm, I'm, trying to put, I'm trying to put Greg and regular. Gregular? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's perfect. That's perfect. Nailed it. First Done. time. First time he In my it. head, it didn't sound right. And then I was just like, I'm going to go say it out loud. I'm committed to the idea now. But I'd say, yeah, Dice Rollers, yeah, I think we know, mate, when I say coming to an end, we're going to do one more mixtape. We'll probably still record tracks and play gigs here and there, but this is the last big project we're going to do. I don't want it to sound cheesy, but it's a new chapter. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it's definitely uh, all seen guys' priority, I think, at the moment. Yeah, I think because it's just more, it's, um, you know, where we do have a time frame of, like, where we have to be consistent. um, It does mean that it takes up a lot more time. Uh, So, yeah, of course, it's it's definitely the sort of front runner. Um, And also just in the way of feedback, we've just got way more than we ever did with our dice (laughs) roll and stuff. So, yeah. Might as well, if you're onto a good thing, you might as well uh, keep on going. But no, it's like, also, thank you to anyone that's ever given us feedback in (laughs) dice rolls as well. So, the All Seeing Guys podcast, how would you 
describe that to someone who's never listened to it before how would you describe it to I always, a I, I always that's <laughs> better than anything I was going to say I always try and do it by how would I you know you have a bio on Twitter Yeah, it's really hard to, to say describe it in this little short bit on your bio on Twitter yeah so you've I'm only like, got so many so words so I'm always like use. how am I going to describe it and I think I ch- updated it recently because it has changed a bit over the last 27 episodes so at the moment it's I've got it down as a comedy podcast with Greg and Joe discussing everyday annoyances and topics we can all relate to but even that doesn't hit the nail on the head nah. so it should just be incest <laughs> 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 That's a that's a very different vibe to to what we have here on the smorgasbord. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> we don't we don't go in fully intent on those being key themes, but sure. it seems to just what po- comes out. Yeah, yeah, it just creeps in there. Yeah, and I also liked your uh, your allied carpets voice there. All seeing, all seeing guys. So, what was it that made you guys want to do a podcast originally? Because it seems to me like uh, from listening to the show. I really like the fact that, you know, um, you can clearly make each other laugh um, and you get on very well and you have a very similar sense of humour. Was it just kind of about uh, trying to synthesise banter, not in a in a sort of calculated way, but just kind of thinking, you know, well, we have a laugh. Let's share it with other people and see if they enjoy it. Was that the kind of thing or was there a different reason? Kind of, it's, it's hard to explain. I mean, we, um, we, we knew we wanted to do, well, I knew I wanted to do one. And I was like, okay, I want to do a podcast. So I listened to a podcast called Last Podcast and I Left, which talks about serial killers mainly. It's like uh, serial but, killers, conspiracy theories, yeah, and yeah, like, but, um, you know, aliens. Yeah, and, and they take it seriously, but they dis- they know their shit. Yeah. But they talk about oh, yeah, it they in do a very, extensive research. very, very comedic way. And I'd listen to it and I'd be like, oh, I'd love to do something like this. But... Not a, not the same genre. Mm. So what do we do? And I kept saying, the, I kept throwing his ideas at Joe about it. I can't remember what half of them were. I'm sure half of them were stupid fucking ideas. Yeah. And you know, you were, you were kind of like, yeah, oh yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> and it wasn't until one day we'd had a dice rollers practice, wasn't it? And we were walking, yeah. we were walking back from practice, and we got into this really stupid conversation about are all actors liars because you can't trust them. <laughs> so if you dated. If your girlfriend was an actress, would you ever believe her orgasm? Oh, if you man. had a full-blown argument with her and she's like, no, I saw you with him. She's like, no, I wasn't. It was just... And she, you'd be like, okay, I, I, no, I forgive you. Then like, I don't mean, she's an actress. This, is, this was as well, me, like, this yeah. was the, the, the walk that we had, like, we were just sort of walking to a bus stop, but we just realised, we just kept on walking. And this yeah. was, so this was, we walked for like 40 minutes having this one conversation. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> and just like... Because you had to see it through, you couldn't... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Because I think as well, like, when whenever we had, like, uh, whenever we were over at Greg's, like, recording, like, dice roller stuff, we'd always seem to have this kind of, like moment in the day where we both go a bit loopy yeah. and just like just from recording and shit and just like we just kind of I don't know we'd end up just having some sort of like weird conversation <laughs> and it would all just go a bit fucking backwards <laughs> and it was just like even then I was just but in a like, I was just saying jokingly just like maybe we should have a podcast it's just like but it's it's always been that way just like the stupid shit that we basically talk to each other <laughs> about on a daily basis just recorded and then sent out for people to listen to. So, so to round up answering your question, rather than us forcing, trying to find something to do a podcast about or want to do it, it was just like, we should just do it about our normal conversations. And that was like, right, we've got it. That's the formula. Yeah. And that is the podcast. I don't, we don't script anything. I have bullet points, but we don't script anything. No. Just go. No, well, you can definitely tell that it's not scripted. <laughs> <laughs> 
there's a compliment there and also no no <laughs> um no no i think it's i think it's really good um thank you it's yeah no i enjoy listening to it and um you know it's cool because yeah i know you guys i know greg very well i met you a couple of times yeah um but you know you're uh i've always enjoyed your company joseph (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah no it's just quite cool and yeah like it is it is enjoyable there is something um and i think people respond really well to this you know the fact that it's two friends sort of talking and having a laugh and that's something that people have said about stuff on on this show as well is that um it feels like you're there with them it feels like you're hanging out with them and people really like that uh that's important it is it's really important very important a friend of mine said to me only today that she listened to it but she felt that there was something kind of slightly creepy about it she felt that she was like eavesdropping on a conversation (laughs) between friends and like we've had no we had a a friend of ours actually said the same thing our friend ed uh who we actually ended up getting on the show yeah um he said to us just like no i can't listen to that it's weird I feel yeah. like I'm overhearing like, my wife doesn't do it. Yeah. My like, wife won't listen to the show because she's like it's weird. It, but maybe that's just because of all the shameful things. Probably, you say. probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's probably best Jesus, that she does. My, that's but then, my but then we've got oh people who listen to it in the bath. You in know, the, like yeah, in the bath. Yeah, yeah. just heard. laying in the bath, having yeah. a bath, yeah. and uh, listening thing, to the all same guys. How did you guys? How did you first meet? How long have you been friends? Um, long. We tried to count recently. Yeah, but we somehow oh, couldn't count. We, we tried to count between. Yeah, we tried the abacus. We had the abacus from the early no, learning. No, we were in Sesame Street. Between, <laughs> uh, it's gotta be between eight and ten years. Yeah. I reckon we're bridging between eight and ten years. Now, I would have thought that someone like you, Greg, would be able to autobiographically. You know, I usually you, can. Because do you do what I do, which is you can attach films to yeah, certain yeah, points in your life. Absolutely. So you yeah. say, oh, so I first met Joe when we went to see. I don't know, creep yeah. in 2005. But then again, it's because me and Joe think, don't really have a movie movie relationship. It's one right. of my friends that we don't have the movie sort of Oh, we, I mean, we sit we down do, and watch movies we and do stuff. Watch movies like, and we talk about films, but it's not like, I won't be like, apart from BFG, we're not usually like, have you seen this trailer? Yeah. That's the first time really we both watched a trailer. Like, That's yeah. fucking awesome. And then Ghostbusters is like, have you seen how shit that yeah, is? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> hate, hate misogynists. So, um, <laughs> but I would probably, it's only because when I worked in the skate shop, Natajex in Kingston, Joe worked in Jessup's, which was a little shop down that road. The photo so, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would always, whenever I was walking between shops, I'd always usually see Joe having a cigarette on a bench. I fa- for ages, I had no, no idea where he worked. Yeah. He, was just, well, he, he wasn't sure if bench. it was Jessup's or the gambling place next door. <laughs> similar similar outfits that we wore to work. I just wasn't <laughs> sure if you were the best dressed hobo that he didn't see. <laughs> well, the thing is, I would sell him the Dickies work pants he was wearing. So he'd come into Natajax and I'd be like, oh, he's the guy who smokes cigarettes on the bench. He's gonna buy, he's gonna that buy was my profession. Dick- oh, he's going nice. to buy some Dickie work pants. But I s- s- would see him down the pub a lot. Right. I think that's why we can't pinpoint how many years is because we met at the park. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and how did the sort of rapport this this magical <coughs> magical rapport that we all enjoy? I think the because when we did sort of meet each other, it was kind of we it's the uh, the fighting cocks in Kingston. Yeah. Um, the thing about it is that it's it's heavily sort of like a lot of locals are yeah. like sort of all in like not intertwined, but they're kind of like it can be some nights down there everybody knows everybody sort of situation mm-hmm. it's like cheers yeah yeah um week night drink week nights anyway. yeah wednesdays whiskey wednesdays are always just like it always feels like you do, everyone down there is just someone you know just because that everyone drinks down there sure but um so i um i met ed as well our friend ed uh i'd met him and i was pretty good friends with him from being down there and one particular night i was 
uh, actually, I just remember how we, how we bonded. I was about to say, aren't you going to bring it up yet? Yeah, it was. You... There was two things though, because one of them was um, we we were having just like he was sat with his friend next to me. I was just reading the paper. I got like a bag of pork scratchings, and I pulled one out, and it looked like an actual pig's ear. Oh, just like it was massive, and I, and I just saw like I think it was either you or Lee looked, and I was like, have you seen that? Like, just because I wanted to tell someone, just like, please tell me I've just pulled out a bag of port scratchings. Oh, man. And then we just literally spent, like, the next three hours just having some beers and chatting. Yeah. And then the next time I saw him down there, I was just like, hey, man, how's it going? And then we did port it all over again. Made yeah. it. So port it was it was port scratchings, but it was also uh, arrested development. We ah, we discussed the arrest, show, arrested yeah. development. Cool. And because uh, it was, you know, it's one of those sort of things that more, I mean, more people know about it now because of, Netflix, God bless it. Awful yeah. Series, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, it's, 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 yeah, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I forgot it was the first event as well. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, yeah, we discussed that. And then we, yeah, so again, like, although we said, like, we never really sort of talked about movies, we always seem to, like, watch the same TV shows or, yeah, had, like, you know, as you said, yeah, we had this same sort of sense of humor. And he was, like, the only other person that I talked to down the pub about hip hop. Um, and it was yeah, it yeah kind in, of, a, in like a metal bar like yeah yeah it's just like it was so ridiculous like we i mean it's i mean it's not that close-minded in there at all like yeah um but yeah it was just like i'd never really thought about like having a chat with someone about music that is just you know like rubbish in the eyes of others but and here it was you do you like hip-hop i like hip-hop let's do dice rollers that was it and then a few years later let's do a podcast yeah. so yeah that was it so, so it's port scratchings rested development and hip-hop yeah and alcohol that's it <laughs> that was incredibly succinct. Well done, Greg. <laughs> we don't you can edit all that. How do you do yeah, that? Exactly, yeah. oh, when we do our uh, <laughs> when we do our like Motley Crue the Dirt esque biography, yeah, exactly, that's yeah. gonna be the title. The behind the VH ones behind the music. Yeah. <laughs> Courtesy of Gregular. <laughs> <laughs> it's another good podcast name. It, it is just that's me really updating good. everyone on my bowel movements. Oh, that's it. When we when we break up and you go solo. <laughs> Wait a minute. Just a regular Joe. Oh, oh my god, that's good. You gotta write these down. That's good. It's it's recording. It's recording. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> I'm gonna put it on the internet. That's better than writing stuff down. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> oh, print is dead. <laughs> it's fantastic. I believe it was Egon Spengler that said print is dead. Regular Joe. It makes sense um, as well. Because it's because on Facebook Joe's on there as aimed Joe. So his name if you look up Joe, Facebook, everyone yeah, everyone asks me, like it says like Anne Dash Joe oh, yeah, Jackson. Yeah. Um, I had to sort of f- be sneaky about it and have like, so my first name is a hyphenated. So okay. it's like, and, and Joe is my first name. Ah, okay. um, but everyone was just like, so why have you done that? And I was just like, just next time you tag me and Greg in something. <laughs> but it also came because people would always be like, oh, Greg and Joe down the pub, Greg yeah. and Joe, Greg and Joe are doing this now, now they're doing that. Yeah. And if, after a while, I think it was... Also, someone first. actually once said to me, oh, hey, Anne, Joe. Yeah, yeah, well... Oh, <laughs> and I was like, brilliant. Who you're living with now, Kaz, we joked about her getting our names tattooed on her fingers. Yeah. So with marker pen, she wrote Greg on one, on four she fingers, wrote, and, and Joe of being free, and Joe. The ampersand, and, yeah. And Joe. And, and, uh, and it, just, it just stuck with that, and then people just started calling you and Joe. Yeah. What, 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 why and? Oh, like, I have a weird talking... <laughs> as he's just uh, as he's just expressed I do a weird talking I have a I weird do, talking I do a weird speak <laughs> you heard of that speak if you uh, type that into Urban Dictionary he means a speech impediment I um, <laughs> I do a weird talking it's someone that gets picked up a lot uh, 
three so things, three things that get picked up on. Um, Lu- Lewis especially picks up. I know two of them. Three things that I get picked up. And <laughs> or ain't. Well, if I'm two, not though. thinking, um, trousers <laughs> <laughs> and monster. <coughs> Lee will tell you this. There's four. What's the other one? Orange. <laughs> that was a mistake, though. Which you've mistake. never lived down. I was on oh, a man. train going. Oh, I was on. A, you know when you're abroad and, you, and your phone changes networks. We drove. We were drove. We were on the train. We got into like Switzerland, and everyone was like, "Oh, I'm now with blah blah blah." I'm now looking at their phone until network came up, and I was like, "Oh, I've got orange." And then somebody was like, "You mean orange?" And I was like, "Oh, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> but that was that like, one time. But yeah, monster <laughs> trousers, and and I get it gets oh, brought up a lot. Thanks very much for your time, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for oh, having us, thanks. man. Yeah, we're gonna it's get, been a really good have fun. you on our show once, where we we'll be uh, more yeah. vulgar, more cross. Oh, you can yeah. you can say whatever you ruddy well like. Oh my god! <laughs> can I can I swear? Of course you yeah. can. <gasps> oh man! But don't mention the black people. <laughs> <laughs> and on that bombshell. <laughs> We will end this show. Thank you very much, Greg and Joe. Thank you for having us. Thank you Just so much. Thank you. Greg Thank and you. Joe here on the Smorgasbord. <laughs> and that, my friends, was Greg and Joe. Be sure to check out the All Seeing Guys podcast using one of the links provided below. That's almost it for episode three. And now it's time for my amazing, amazing announcement. announcement. Starting two weeks from today, I will be putting out a companion show for the Smorgasbord called Malcolm Powder's Gaming Desserts. If you're wondering what this show is going to be about, well, there's kind of a clue in the name. It's going to be about computer games. But believe me when I say that this show will be aimed at everyone. Everybody plays games on their phone nowadays, and to me, that's a really cool thing. But if you want to know more about what the content of this show is going to be, then you'll just have to listen to it when it's out, won't you? Gaming desserts will be out every four weeks, just like the smorgasbord, which means that I'll be throwing something new at you every two weeks, like a proper podcast person. Unbelievable, isn't it? Right, that's more than enough talking out of me. In two weeks, I'll be back with the first installment of Malcolm Powder's Game of Desserts, and two weeks after that, it'll be episode four of Smorgasbord, when I'll be talking to best-selling writer Lindsay Kelk and the superbly talented comedian Catherine Bohart. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Субтитры